When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are we having fun yet? (laughs) (laughs) Right? From those commercials? Beer commercials. Right? Hi, I'm Alexander Chester, and I didn't know you could smoke cereal. And I'm Bob Sedensky, and I am most certainly drifting through life. <laughs> Welcome back to Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good, formerly a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast, presently a Party Down podcast. We are here today to discuss Season 2, Episode 5, Steve Gutenberg's Birthday, which originally aired on May 21st, 2010. So occasionally I look at my calendar to see like what I was doing on the day uh, that the episode originally aired. Mm-hmm. And on the calendar for May 21st, 2010, very strange, because I'm I'm very anal, uh, as will surprise people, on my calendar entries. I have to have, like, the complete title of the event. I have to have the complete address, even if it's, like, my kid's dentist. We know where it is. Like, I put in the whole address because, you know, that way. <laughs> of course. No, but if I'm ever looking for it, like, there's been countless times. You want to just click the thing and get the map. Yeah, and, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on May 21st, 2010, all I have on my calendar is Miriam's Bat Mitzvah. That's all it says. No last name. No location. I don't know who Miriam is. I don't wow. know. I, how could I have been attending a bat mitzvah at that point in my life? Like, I was. Did you search like your emails? I was twenty-seven years old. I didn't have any kids who had who had like I didn't have any, I didn't have any kids that age. I didn't have any kids. It was probably baby. like someone from like your wife's family. No, there's no Miriams there. I mean, there is no. a Miriam, but she's like. Yeah. Uh, oh, there is a Miriam. No, but <laughs> so she's an aunt. She never. Oh, no, she's in her sixties. Maybe, maybe she, maybe she was recharging. Maybe she was sixty, and that was her recharging the mitzvah for the fifth time. Yeah, well, I'm wondering, every, like every twelve years. So, what I was actually supposed to be doing on May twenty first, two thousand ten, was uh, like studying for the May, bar. Was it May twenty first? Yeah, but I was like ignoring bar that. review classes, probably. Well, of course, yeah. uh, and so, so maybe like. Um, I have no event scheduled for that day. But maybe it was a euphemism. Were you maybe it was a euphemism. It? For what? That, well, that, that I'm even more confused. Have you typed those words into your Gmail? I'm doing it as we speak. Okay. So Miriam's, that's... The, I, no, I got no, I got no results. Okay, let me just do bat mitzvah. In 2000... Uh, what do we say? May 21st, 2010. 2010? Yeah. Just do 2010. How many bat did you have that year? <laughs> All right. Um... No, there's nothing. There's September 2nd. Uh, no, this isn't about it. So this is a this is a forward, forward, forward email, uh, including uh, my, my wife's aunt Miriam with the uh-huh. word Miriam. <laughs> These Jewish definitions are great. And one of them is a, a, a bat mitzvah joke. So, yeah, that's it. That's okay. it for Miriam. So I don't know. What right, so we don't know. Hey, listen, if you're listening to this podcast. And you either were at Miriam's Bat Mitzvah on May 2010 <laughs> or know what else I was referring to that day. Please let me know. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I'm totally ah. flummoxed. Sorry. Sorry. I hit, I, I hit a button by accident. On my phone. Oh, what the button do? On my phone. It started playing audio in my room. Oh, I didn't hear it. 
Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know what's going on with oh, your sorry. audio over there. You can't hear me. No, no you hear audio. No, 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 no. So what happened is I started playing like a podcast in my house. So mm-hmm. I just assumed that, that it was being picked up on the mic. So I just said stop. Oh, oh. I didn't hear that. So, so sorry. So go back. So here's my question. Uh, Steve Gutenberg, right? Hello? Yes. Oh, Steve okay. Gutenberg. Yeah. He does a phenomenal job in this in this episode. But what I'm wondering, you know, we haven't really endeavored to have guests on this podcast the way we did for Curb. If we yeah. had if we had somebody today, I would ask them uh, involved with the episode creation. Anyway, I would say like well, we would have asked we would have asked had Steve Gutenberg asked him. Sure. Or Steve Gutenberg <laughs> himself. Yeah. But like how like how do they come up with him? How many people right. names are on that list? Um, I'm not implying that he's like low on a list. I'm just saying like, you know, he, he's one of many. he's random. Right. He's yeah. In a category is... uh, that involved that has many other people. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's probably just some relationship, presumably. Right. That's probably how these things work. Yeah, so like, he's, yeah. he's he no, lives no, on the okay. same block as somebody who was a writer, and he has. So that was the idea. Hey guys, we, so you think Steve Gutenberg was the original uh, idea is involving Steve? I mean, it could be. I don't know. Yeah, I think they had Steve Gutenberg, and then they made you know they came up with a funny character for him. I don't think like oh what we need to get a birthday? big celebrity for this yeah. role. Like who could we get? Oh, yeah. Steve Gutenberg's available. He'll do like he'll he'll do it. Fine, we'll do it. Steve. Like yeah, I, I think Steve Gutenberg came first. Is yeah, I guess he 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 is the perfect amount of fit. But here's the thing: like we'll see uh, when he tells them all like, hey, bring your friends. I feel like Steve Gutenberg. I don't really know who Steve Gutenberg is before I saw this episode for the first time. Honestly, um, I mean it was a name I recognized, but I wasn't exactly sure. I'm yeah. like, oh, from a sitcom or something. But like, no, he was in he was in movies. Yeah, but if my friend calls me and says, "Hey, do you want to come over to a party at Steve Gutenberg's house right now?" I'd say, "Sure." Now maybe that's just yeah, of course. Yeah, so I'm kind of surprised. Like, like Kyle has one friend show up, and you know, unless did he tell everybody one friend only? Because everybody has one person pretty much. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm surprised. Like, I feel like they should be able to get a bigger crowd. Um, you would think, you would think, you would think this would be a pretty good get. Like, the, most of these people are probably like, hey, like, if you come over after 11 o'clock, we could drink beer in, like, my parents' basement. Yeah. And, like, then you get a call, like, oh, I have a party with, like, an open bar and, yeah. like, f- um, unlimited free food at a celebrity's mansion. Yeah. Um, you think would be able to attract a nice crowd, even yeah. on short notice. Yeah. But I mean, short not. notice is tough. There sure, are probably a lot of people that people were like, are... oh, I wish, but I'm like, in, yeah, in, you know, in... but, like, I, I mean, don't even. Know, I don't know California well enough to say where they are. You can't send a group text. Um, I'm in San Francisco today. <laughs> um, you can't send a group text. Yeah. Um, I feel like. I mean, a, you could. I think. I like. I feel, would feel like a lot of their friends are sort of people similar to them who are, you know, maybe trying to make it in Hollywood, but sort of have a side gig. But so they might just be sitting around at that time of day, you know. Or just people in their twenties who have not much going on and would yeah. be happy to go to, you know, they 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 live in Los Angeles, so just so that opportunities like this may arise. Yeah, yeah. I feel like at most of the job. Well, what? Let me see. So, how old would you say that Kyle and Roman? Like, how old are they supposed to be? I would say like late twenties, early thirties. All right, so 20s, late 20s. around thirty. Yeah, around thirty, all of them, I think. So, when you were at work, when you were thirty, and you would get a call like this. I mean, it, it'd be even possible to get out of work. I'm not saying it's a guarantee. It depends what's going on. But, you know, like this would be like a yeah, but it's, it, day. It's, yeah, if if you can do it yeah. right, you want this Ky- is worth Kyle it. Kyle, for sure, should have like a lot more than one person there. Unless he only wanted no, one. Take, he's trying to take off to go to like some stupid Mets game that they're going to lose five to one. That's much better. Yeah. I remember once at work, uh, I went to uh, see a movie in Times Square in the middle of the day. 
And because um, like I had nothing to do when I was like very uh, slow at, the, at that time. So I went to work. And then, of course, as soon as I got uh, as I went to the movie theater and as soon as I got there, I immediately my phone starts blowing up. And so like I left the movie, went back to my office and I get a text from my friend like, where the hell are you? Because like, it was in Times Square. It was like a block away. So like, I'm coming back. And uh-huh. So then I came back to the movie theater and then I had to leave a second time. So that was a great success. That was the only time I ever tried to do something like that in the middle of the day at work. Right. That's yeah. awesome. You, you ever um, see a movie uh, during a work day? I feel like you see a lot of movies. So I, I, I am not going to answer that question on the record. <laughs> have I ever? Yes, I have ever. Okay. <laughs> it has happened ever, more ever. than zero and point five times that I have <laughs> okay. gone to see a movie in the middle of a work day in my okay. life. Got it. Got yeah. it. Okay. Catherine Hahn, uh, uh, Jif. All right. Why don't we exactly. jump into? The, yeah. yeah. <laughs> why don't we jump into the uh, recap here. Yeah, I'm. I know, I'm really excited about this episode. Um, I'm really excited, to, you know, to be talking about it with you. I mean, we're both such awesome people. Um, and you know, I'm really excited to spend the next like 45 minutes just like celebrating how awesome we are. Mm. Well, what's that a reference to? It's the episode. They have neat the whole Nietzsche thing. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that All totally right. didn't land. Yeah. Okay. No, I mean, I, I I knew it was. I assumed it was, but I wasn't exactly positive what it was from. Listen, I saw this episode like two weeks ago because our our recording schedule changed. Yeah, so. our schedule has been. Going no, I mean, I should re- I should have rewatched it more recently. I apologize. No, you didn't have to. It's a free podcast. All right. Yeah. I I like this episode a lot though, actually. But yeah. All right. Let's hop in. Yeah, it's a very it's a very fun one. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, so we open with Ron um, arriving. He's talking to Henry and Casey about how the new new Ron who has arrived on the scene and the steps he has taken to clean up his act. Um, flat top be- is back. Turn- yes. Turns out that being locked in a coma awakened him. <laughs> he went out. He got a haircut. He joined AA and got a new backup shirt. So he's good to go. He's good as new. Mm-hmm. And yep. his his words of wisdom that he has, his takeaway from being in that coffin while high is, "Don't drift through life," which Henry think is thinks is interesting. He says his takeaway is, "Don't get get in a coffin <laughs> while you're high." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think t- I think Henry's takeaway is probably more accurate and better general advice. Um, I mean, I guess "Don't drift through life" is not is also good advice. Or whatever it's advice, let's say advice. Um, but it, it we, the fundamental truth of don't get high and get in the coffin is still, I think, wins out there. Yeah, although we have a sample size of one. Uh, we do have a sample size of one. Yeah. Um, but it, the sample size of one tells us that it was only by getting high and getting into a coffin that he was able to understand not to drift through life. Yeah. So really it's the best thing that ever happened to him is that he got high and got into that coffin. So you should say one should get high and get into a coffin. It will change your life permanently for the better. Yes. <laughs> I uh, want you to do that. Yeah. Do that. Come back. Let us know. Um, That is actually, it's funny. You were, uh, there was something somebody said in the chat the other night in the 32 fans chat um, that made me, reminded me of this story and also of the one, just what I just said, that when we, I went to the, um, 
Museum of the Confederacy in like Virginia somewhere, I think in Richmond. Naturally. And they have this they have this whole well, it's like a museum. Like it's not a pro Confederate. It's like documents. Yeah, yeah. I, but I, 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 ju- I, I just heard a wild story uh previously tonight that involved somebody going to a Hezbollah museum. <laughs> so Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway. Right. Well that's yeah. a they're an active well yes, well it's I think it's different when they're an active operating terrorist yeah. organization. Yeah. Uh, or maybe not. I don't know. Maybe history is history. I don't even know. Uh, I have no idea. Smarter than people we can decide. Um, but, but it, 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 it but wasn't anyway. a pro-Confederacy uh, museum, as far as you could tell. No, it was yeah. it was a history museum. Yeah. <laughs> the painting they had the Confed- Well, ex- except what I'm actually what I was going to say is that they have this whole plaque where they talk about how you know Virginia was the first to secede, or I, I think, or one of the first to secede, whatever, and that's what started the Civil War, and the Civil War led to the end of slavery. So really, one could say that it was Virginia's actions that <laughs> brought was. about the end of slavery. It actually says that? That's amazing. Yeah, it basically makes that argument. That's, that's I mean... That they ended slavery. I mean, at least they're acknowledging that slavery is bad and they're not arguing that claiming that like it was a war over states rights or whatever. <laughs> so a war of northern aggression. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. It, it is funny how you said that you went to a museum of the Confederacy and I immediately jumped. Like if somebody said they were going to like the Holocaust, museum, I wouldn't say, oh, what are you going to celebrate the Holocaust? <laughs> I don't know, but I don't know for some reason. I, right, I except like, they wouldn't. You, they it, would, well, there there because are a lot of people not, who are if, trying If you to said you were going to a Nazi museum, then that would be yeah, different. Meaning, yeah, if, yeah, if, I, if, I, if it was called like this, you the know, the History museum. of Slavery yeah. Museum or yeah, something, um, that, you know, I guess comes across more yeah. normal. But again, I think the fact that we do have an active, uh, you know, neo-Confederate movement is uh, probably contributing to my nerves. Yeah, no, it's not great. I saw, great. I saw somebody um, tweet, I saw somebody tweet tonight like, guys, amazing news. Fascism was defeated 49.8 to 49.7. <laughs> right, like, right, right. I was, I was about to say the same thing. It's like, yes, it turns out that the the fascists wa- lost, didn't do quite as well as we had expected. They only did yeah. so-so. Um, so everything is solved. Listen, you take what you can get. All right. Take your W's. Where yeah. you go. Seriously. Yeah. You know what? One yeah. year at a time. I went to a concert last night with my wife, which is um, oh. our new tradition on election nights, because I realized like. Really? Interesting. Um, well, There's also. No, you, you, that you just sit around the, the whole early part of the night and you're nervous and nothing happens. Yeah. The, the, I'm not contributing anything positive to myself, to my mental health. I'm not learning anything new. Like nothing is changing. Right. right? Um, I mean, there's going through it. There's an experience of going through with your friends and like chatting with your friends online about it. But yeah. like, no, or- it's, it was very fun. It was fun. The 32 fans group, again, best best resource on the Internet for election Elections. updates. On yeah. election night. Just <laughs> yeah, no, phenomenal. Yeah. Just people pulling in good info from all over. Um or or it's all fake news. I have no idea. I was in a I'm in a Trump chat where they were pulling information from all over. Also, I just thought it was all very stupid. I'm not really in one of those chats, but I yeah. <laughs> I, I have been at times just for stick. Um, I'm not currently in any of those chats. Yeah, yeah, um, but there's certain there's certain. I feel like most group chats yeah, are not no, it's sharing great, it's a, information. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. About, right. Um, yeah. No. Very very good resource on election night. Everyone should pay five dollars a month ah. so that in twenty so that in two years. You could have a great resource on election night 2024, yeah. and when you find out, you know, for the fifth time in a row whether or not the uh, the country will expire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so so I went to so I, I but it was like a last minute spur of the moment decision, and so I like was looking online. I'm like, well, who has a concert tonight? Uh, you know, in New York, basically, and. I'm like scrolling through like a list of names of people I'm not familiar with or people I'm not necessarily interested in. Paul Anka actually was playing at the Berg at the at the Bergen Pack right around the corner from my house. Mm-hmm. 
Do you know who he is? He's like an old familiar, but... pruner. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah. So, so, so I see the band oh. Travis, and and the only thing I know about the band Travis is they have a song. Oh, Travis, I've heard of. Yeah, they have. They're like a Scottish, like they were like a Britpop band, and like the turn. Of the What's Scottish the name band. of that song? Sing. Sing. Yeah. So, okay, so that, that was right. always my aunt. Like, uh, when if if you ever asked me what's your favorite music video of all time, I'd say Sing by Travis. That was always the answer I had, oh. and I. And I'm portraying it that way because it's not like really my favorite. It's not that it's not. I, I really like it, but like I, you know, I just. It was it. just. It was. It was a, a one that you like more than most people. It's. It's just I had an answer to that question. Like, look, fa- yeah. my favorite movie. I'd always say Robin Hood Men in Tights, which I really like, but it wasn't my favorite movie. But it was just like you know, it was my go-to answer. Um, Interesting. But anyway, so we. But I. But I've never endeavored to uh, hear or learn of any other Travis song, and so uh, we went to the concert, and the very first song they played was singing. I was like, you know what? Yes. Like when you have an obvious number one song, you open every concert with that song. Like that's a hundred percent what you should do. What, what are you teasing people for? You know? So they did. Um, you should always open with that song. Yeah. A hundred percent. Now Akiva, no. of course, talks about he went to the no, that's a, concert. No, like nobody does that. Yeah. And I'm saying everybody should. <laughs> so that it said everyone should leave. We'll leave. <laughs> <laughs> if you came to hear one song, then sure. But like, <laughs> Uh, hey. It's like that's why the rabbi has to speak during davening because if he just speak, <laughs> so yeah, everyone will leave. Yeah. Well, maybe that's a signal about what, what people's actual interests are and why are we doing things. That yes. Are... Anyway. Oh, it <laughs> turns out if you put a bunch of people in the room, they're going to want to talk the whole time. All right. What were we talking about? Something about the show. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. So. They're uh, so they're they're like unpacking, getting ready to unpack the car, but like they realize like we've well, we been here for a while. Like, I yeah. even here? <laughs> oh, not even close. Yeah, <laughs> we haven't even met him yet. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, so I think so, did somebody put it in our chat, or there was that meme on the internet this week of the <laughs> the, the, the about the podcast of forty minutes into the podcast. All right, so let's jump into the episode. Yeah. Well, that's like us. Yeah, that's the going arounds. That's like everybody. Um, Hence the point. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. Yes, or many, many people are doing that. Um, so yeah, f- suddenly, uh, some guy in a sports car pulls up, and it's the great Steve Gutenberg. He has arrived. Um, so it sounds like you weren't all that familiar with him. You kind of recognize his name. You kind of recognize his face, but like you don't, you don't necessarily associate him with anything in particular. I, 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 I think he was like. I mean, what I think of him as is like a sitcom star from the eighties. Uh-huh. So he was in a bunch of movies. Like he was in um the all the police academy movies. He's the main like he's the lead of the police academy franchise. Uh mm. he plays this guy Mahoney. Uh I mean I saw in... I saw at least one of them. I remember seeing one of them yeah. at camp, but I don't remember. Yeah, I saw I don't remember which ones I saw either. I probably saw yeah. one of one or two of them randomly. Um he was in like the Three Men and a Baby, Three Men and a Little Lady. Wasn't that Ted uh, Danson? Those movies? Ted Danson and him and uh, the other Who's guy the and the other guy. Or, yeah, <laughs> I remember the other guy. <laughs> but you know what? If we were talking about the other guy, I would have remembered him and not remember Gutenberg. Probably. Yes. No, I think the other guy is more famous. I'm just blanking on it right now. Let's see. Three men and a baby um, is it's, uh, Tom Selleck, of course. Yeah, yeah. Tom Selleck, the son. Yeah. No, we said Ted Danson. Uh, oh, Ted Danson. Oh, Tom Selleck. Yes. Yeah. I, sorry. I I thought we said Tom Selleck, and then I f- couldn't move on. Yeah. Um, that's funny. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. So Steve Gutenberg, definitely not at the Ted Danson Club of uh, of Curb time, right? Yeah. But Tom Selleck is closer, I feel like. <laughs> but is Ted Danson of Three Men and a Baby in the Ted Danson Club? Mm. I say no. 
Well, hold on. Oh, wait. I, know. I, I say wait. yes. 1987 oh, wait. Was Cheers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had my timing wrong. Yes, yes. The middle of Cheers. Yes, 100%. Right. More Ted Danson of Curb is not in this uh, guy's Ted yes, Danson. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm wondering, is the reason why, like, I know Selleck primarily from Friends, actually. Um. Yeah, I know him mainly from Mr. Baseball, I think. That movie was, like, always on. <laughs> hmm. Okay. I see. Uh, uh, but, I, yes, I, Friend, I, Friends is probably where I know him from the most, and then probably this movie. Three minute a baby, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if I've see. ever seen that. Movie. Is there anything else I'm missing? Directed him? by Leonard Nimoy. Interesting. They're not really making uh, comedies like this anymore. With an eleven million dollar yeah. budget for two hundred forty million, those are going straight to Netflix nowadays. Yeah, probably. Fr- yeah, Friends and Mr. Baseball is my two main associations mm-hmm. with him. Yeah, I mean mustache. I'd say if you're doing work, so, right? Exactly. That's yeah. that's true. But, right, number one association is mustache yeah. for sure. Phenomenal mustache. Yeah. Um, you know who did not have a phenomenal mustache? Adolf Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, who? Who's? Yeah, Tom Selleck's mustache is much better than Hitler's. Well, I mean, but Hitler's mustache was like the number one mustache of the era, right? It was the chart like the toothbrush must, mustache, the Charlie right, Chaplin right. mustache. It's just that Hitler ruined it. Yeah, and it's um, really incredible. Like, I, I still would. think though that the Selleck mustache is just objectively a more aesthetically pleasing mustache. Well, I agree also, but like the Selleck mustache I, is the Stalin mustache, right? Uh-huh. Just, interesting yeah and like stop stalin killed more people than hitler his mustache is still around no adolf's walking around adolf killed the name also <laughs> joseph very popular right joseph is as popular as ever yeah there's so, a broadway so, show named after joseph yeah so somehow uh stalin the mustache the, the name president's name is joseph yeah <laughs> <laughs> the current president of the united states yeah but, but he, you but he have a, a com- president he is, adolf no he is a communist Yes, but we would not have a president. Adolf, I can guarantee there will never be a president. Adolf, Adolf Obama. <laughs> Adolf Hussein Obama. Adolf Hussein Obama. Yeah. Osama. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, canceled. Wasn't it nice to see like the clips of him online over the last couple of weeks? Wasn't it nice to see what? Like the clips of Obama, like at, at some of these rallies. Yeah, Obama's the best. Oh, he's just like when he gets in his groove. There's like yeah. he's he's once in a lifetime. It's yeah, it's, and it's like uh, even like I didn't agree with him on every single thing, but like just having somebody who's like you know like the the normal the, and a good person and no, but the political it. no, but the political skills and the you know the way he speaks like nobody speaks. It is once in a generation, right? Yeah. Which, which kind of surprises me. I mean, I, I say this a lot and people are like, well, obviously you're wrong. But like, I guess it's because like just like talented people are just not going into politics anymore. But it's like, aren't our like elite colleges pumping out like tons of like super high achieving people who should be like good at being like normal and being able to be on camera and take reasonable positions on things like. But, but you're be asking hard, like... for like so many different disparate skills, right? Is it though? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, because there, there's people like like we were arguing about this in the 32 fans Patriot chat. Like J- Joe Biden has many, many skills, and he there's a reason why he's been such a successful politician for 50 years, right? Giving, yeah, but pu- I feel like you don't have oratory. to do that shit these days. What? I don't feel like you don't. Do, I don't. I don't like. I don't think you that you need to do that today. Everything is just online. You just need like good clips of but yourself. We were, well, we were just talking about Obama. You're like, why aren't there more people like Obama? Like. I just mean like very successful, talented politicians. I feel like everywhere we look, we're just like there, and everybody sucks. There's nobody good who's like. Well, who but even... okay, but then, but then, how do you define talented? And we're getting way off track. <laughs> yeah, okay, take, yeah, you know what? Just take take this a lot. This is all right. I don't yeah. Let's veer back. Let's veer back. Okay. Yeah. No, sir. I'd look, take out everything about. Uh, where, where were we? I don't we're talking know. about Tom Selleck. No, I say leave it. Oh, in. Stalin. Oh, he's the president. <laughs> oh, <it's> my... <laughs> okay, yeah. so you so you could leave that in. That was a funny joke. 
But then every little whole conversation nah, was just I'm had for five minutes. No, no, please take it out. This is stupid. <laughs> I'm gonna take it out if you. I, I post the episodes. I'll take all right, it take it out. Gonna... I think this is what the listeners like. But uh... no, I don't like that. This is not. Yeah. Good. All right, okay. <laughs> so what are we talking about? Um. All right. So I think we could probably move away from Tom Selleck <laughs> at this point, since he's not even in the episode. Um. We could we could go back and spend more time on Steve Gutenberg's Wikipedia page, since he actually yeah. is in the episode. That probably makes more. That probably makes more sense. The discussing American TV. political figures because of Tom Selleck. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was yes. a good one. Yeah, you wanted to take um, that out. I disagree. What a great segue. Yeah. So um, Steve Gutenberg, he had a, he has a Jewish upbringing. He's from Brooklyn. Okay. Um. He was born in Brooklyn, but then it looks like he lives in Queens. Uh, I, I don't need every address. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I'm trying to see what other. Let's see. Um, well, we have obviously Cocoon, which gets mentioned in this episode, but I don't even know what that is. Short Circuit. You've probably heard of that. Short Circuit? What's that? Oh, it's like this like sci-fi movie with a robot that was on a lot on like Sundays in the 90s. Mm, I don't know. Uh, oh, he, he would play himself in an episode of Stars comedy Party Down that aired on May 21st, 2010. Very good. So you were exactly mm-hmm. right about that date. Um Uh, oh, that's funny. He was in The Simpsons um, in the um, the Stonecutters episode. It's, you know, when they're singing the song, it's, yeah. who, who makes the Gutenberg a star? A star? Yeah. Thanks, fellas. We do. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. do. I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, that's good. We should do uh, We should do Simpsons podcast. Start from the beginning. <laughs> We'll, we'll literally never we'll finish. finish. We'll finish when we're we'll finish when we're seventy. Well, are they going to stop making new episodes? Do you have news? Right. So right. Right. So we can we can only gain like twenty episodes a year on them. Yeah, we will never because finish. they're making new ones as much as we are. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. impossible. It's insane. We do. We do. Yeah. All right. Maybe we'll do some episodes of The Simpsons. So yeah. So Steve. So Steve um, really does have a good. Um, I mean, I used to like devour Simpsons books. Like you'd study these books that described each episode on like two pages. Do you remember those? Like those like glossy. Yes, hard, yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. I was obsessed with The Simpsons as well. Yeah. All right. Maybe we could do something with Simpsons. We don't have to watch all the episodes. We watch some episodes. What about watching all the Treehouse of Horrors? Um, those are like my like, favorites. There's like forty of them by now. It's crazy, right? There's forty. That yeah. alone would take like yeah. But those are those, uh... <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the Treehouse Far. I mean, I like some of the. You know, there was always like three or four per episode, so like some of them are good. But yeah. like on the whole, they're like the butterfly not effect one. I, I think it was the same one that has the um that has the shining thing with 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 um with um shining. With yeah, the shinning, and then also I think was the yeah. same one was where they had the the butterfly effect thing, where Homer goes back in time and kills the dinosaur. Yeah, with the with the donuts. Yeah, donuts. What are donuts? Oh, donuts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I feel like that's my one of my favorite Simpsons episodes ever. Actually. Yeah, so that one is very good. Yeah, yeah. there are good. I'm not saying they're bad. I don't say I hate yeah. them. They're just like, I, like the, I like the I like I like I like the regular episodes with the characters going to school mm-hmm. and work better, much better. Yeah, <laughs> I guess those have them too. That too, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, love, yeah, very, very much love Simpsons. Um, so, <laughs> we okay, still yet to eat Steve yeah, we're still, we're still in the cold open. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so he comes in, and guys, we got to do like, at least two episodes per episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Should we just do the rest of the season in one episode after this? Um. 
so he, he what, what turns out has happened is that Steve Gutenberg's friends have thrown him a surprise 50th birthday party, but he forgot to cancel it. And now all the food is here and it's all going to go to waste. And he says, you know, let's throw a party. So we're having a party at Steve Gutenberg's house. Who wants to come? Hooray. Yeah. Yeah. So we settle in. We're all inside the mansion. Lydia's freaking out. You know, she's met Steve Gutenberg. She brings in her friend, Mrs. Gomez, um, who recognizes uh, Steve from a movie from 1978 (laughs) called Boys from Brazil. Hmm. I assume you've not seen it. I have not seen it. Is that not the movie about the Hitler clones? Um, Is it? If it is, I've seen it. But uh, is is that the something? It was nominated for it was nominated for three Academy Awards. It had Lawrence Olivier. Yes, I've seen that movie. Gregory Peck. Yes, I've seen that movie. Oh yeah, is it good? It probably sounds Um, like it's pretty good. Yeah, it it is good. I mean, it was sort of like depressing. It's like you know, sort of dark, but um, right? Like I I think like what's his name plays um, Mengele, doesn't he? One of the guys you just yeah, I do see that I do see that Mengala is on here. Yeah. So um, you know. Yeah, I have a Mengala thing that I can tell you offline. What <laughs> <laughs> the hell does that mean? <laughs> I have a Mengala uh, thing I can tell you offline. That can go in so many directions. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway. Um my real name. I'm time traveling Mengala. Yeah. I'm here. I came to the future to yeah. tell you. <laughs> that doesn't even make pretty, sense. Pretty yeah. No, but why would somebody come from the past? We know about you, Mengala. Why are you coming here? So you <laughs> yeah. should go backwards. <laughs> coming forwards doesn't do anything for you. Yeah, that's true. If you have a lot of notoriety, uh, time travel only works in one direction. Which is the opposite. Yeah. Although, if you're if your people love you, then you know, like if, if Jesus should come to the future, he's oh, very big right now. Yeah. I mean, frankly, he's much much bigger than he ever was when he was alive. For sure, yeah. He had like seventy followers. Yeah. I'll, I'll, now I'll he has like... now he has <laughs> billions and has been the dominant figure in the world for two thousand years. But like, I feel like. His actual presence would probably make things worse, not better. I feel like there'd be a lot of conflict and disagreement. And, and oh, there, yeah. there would be a lot of controversy. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I agree. <laughs> right? Like Orthodox Jews, we uh, <laughs> we we pray for the um, we we pray for the coming of the Messiah. And I'm like, I would love to see this this individual who's going to come and unite all the Jews. Forget about yes. two billion Gentiles. Just 15 million Jews get us to unite right. anything. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Messiah is here. Um, oh, really? Says who? No, he, Jesus in 2022 would be a very divisive figure. Um, you know, some people are just not going to like the whole injection of religion into everything. Some people are going to love him. It's going to be like a cult-like obsession. And there are going to be others who say that he's just like Christ in name only. And like, <laughs> is it, it's like, you know, too much of a, you know, too much of a wimp for yeah. various reasons. Um, it, yeah, let's just maintain the status quo. Enough of this I, woke I, Jesus, no, okay? Yeah, Bring no back time traveling. Jesus. Nobody from the past should time travel here. Yeah. Um, See, but like I don't think that's entirely fair because I think for most people, um, especially based on your, you know, your your race and your gender and your age and your religion and stuff, usually traveling back in time is much riskier than traveling in the future. Right. Right. Yeah. Louis C.K. had the bit about it's yeah. good to be a white male because then you could time travel yeah, anywhere yeah. and you're exactly. good. Yeah. But as a Jew, I got to be pretty careful, even though I do have the white male thing going for me. Um, so I think like. For 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 non-famous people, time travel you want to go forward. For famous people, maybe you want to go backwards. Um, that could be. That could be. 
That's, um, that's my theory yeah, no, on time I mean, travel. If you could go backwards and then come back, like that's obviously always the best. If you're guaranteed oh, to return. No, sorry. You want well. It depends what you want to do. If you want to make your current life better, well, I guess it depends, right? But, so the, the butterfly so. effect. So the right. point there's is, also the thing like the Marty McFly. You get information from the future that uh, enrich yourself or fix something in your current life. Yeah. Or go back to rectify something in the past. So you know, obviously, it works both in both directions. Yeah. Uh, usually, um, when people talk about time travel going back, they talk about killing a certain baby. But we don't discuss that on this podcast. No, no. Yeah. Um, no, I wouldn't even it, kill adult Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> otherwise, what museum would you have to go to <laughs> on your high school class trip? No, let him kill himself. That yeah. was a no. But maybe change the sequence um, of activities. Right. Let's let's try to get him to kill yeah, himself before. Yeah. Instead of that being the last thing he does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was first. Yeah. Let's move it. Just yeah. Accelerate <laughs> the timeline of that. Is yeah. One might might have been yeah. good. Um. All right. Yeah. So yeah, they're uh, taken in the house. Um, By the way, Steve Goodman's um, place. Yeah, uh, McLovin, the character he plays, his name is Girl. <laughs> we, we brought up Girl <laughs> <We're not> even... <laughs> totally independently of the fact that it was actually coming later on the episode. <laughs> That's true. I, I did forget about Goebbels, and it's actually spelled <laughs> the way that you pronounce Goebbels, but not yeah, spelled but... Goebbels. It's Prince book. It has an R in it. I just think it's so funny that we both uh, completely forgot that Goebbels was coming up on this yeah, episode. Yeah, I, I did completely forget that. No, honestly, because I forgot that that was his name. I just the whole I just thought of him as McLovin. Yeah, Christopher Mintz Plus, right? Isn't that his name? Um, the actor. I don't remember. Yeah, the McLovin guy, Christopher Mintz. I believe you. I, I believe yeah. you. I just don't remember his name. I believe yeah. that's his name. That doesn't ring a bell for me. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I just know him as McLovin. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I'm sure he every day of his life he hears that a hundred times. Yes, yes. Um. So, um, we see that Ron is actually like is working the party. He's like comes with a platter of shrimp in case he's like, what the fuck? What's going on? And Henry's like, oh, he's like he wants to just like work the party anyway, even though he doesn't have to, even though he's a guest. He's just like in that mode. Yep, and we uh, we see Henry discover a loose DVD of a movie called Sundown Strip, an indie movie that he did a while back. So I suppose this was probably after. Are we having fun yet? Right. In, yeah. Like, are we having fun yet? Was his big breakout that like yeah. he got discovered from? Oh, interesting. Um. I don't know. Or you actually. think he was famous and then he was put in a commercial? Because then, if he was famous, then people wouldn't associate him with the commercial. Well, no, I think the commercial. He, well, no, because he could have his big thing. But I'm saying, but if this is such a minor indie movie, it could have been at any point, right? Could have been before or after. I guess, but I would think that somebody who is in movies isn't like all necessarily all still doing commercials at like random commercials yeah, but, for but random products in movies. He has like a one line in some movie that no I one ever heard of. I feel like he was got this thing in a random commercial that like went viral essentially. Yeah. And then he got cast in a couple movies that went nowhere and was never heard from again. That's oh, my okay. yeah. take. I don't know that we know that explicitly, but that's kind of yeah. how I thought about it. Okay. Um, Cause I don't know. Cause he implies the movie so old. It's so long ago. I thought it was like early in his career. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um But that's like that's why it's like he's so unfamous that like the only thing anyone knows him from is from like some commercial that they remember yeah. from twenty years ago. Yeah. 
like because like he's been in nothing that they're like he's and he like he can't even be like oh well i was also in sundown strip because like no one knows what that is yeah but it's like, but, like and he's not anything else all all the actors who are famous from like like um um the girl for for at&t for example right what's right. her name in the commercials no, no, she said lebron are you coming for my job I don't remember. Or flow. Or flow. Any of these people. Flow. Right. right. Flow. Like exactly. Good. Yeah. Or, or Jared from Subway. But like these people. <laughs> no. But like Good most. Example. Most of them, not Jared. Most of them are actors or, com- <laughs> or comedians, right? And like they or, also or, Jared or, or models, and, mm, Jared and like model, even though they have this big viral commercial, like they've also done like like they. They, it's not like they're making movies right now, right? But they probably in there before they made the commercial got famous in that they made a movie. Like but they were, right. they weren't. I guess it could be. They were like a like a you know seventeenth right. person on the cast. That, right, right. That's true. Okay, you know, fine. I think either right. direction is you, possible. You've you've convinced me. No, I'm fine. not saying it is that way. I think either one's possible. Yeah, no, you convinced me that it's they're equally fine. Yeah, yeah. they can both be. Yeah, yeah, you're right. We need more evidence. Um. Yeah, I don't think we could get a lot of backstory of that. Maybe in the yeah. new episodes that are supposedly coming one day, they'll have they'll be like flashback yeah. episodes to Henry's early. Well, days. Adam Scott, now that he has severance, right? He's into you know all different dimensions of travel. So that's right. That's right. Um. So yeah. So Kyle comes over to Casey and Henry and asks them if they know, they know German because he wants to know what Ayn Rand means. <laughs> Yeah, and Casey explains to him that Ayn Rand is a famous writer who wrote about how awesome awesome people are, and um, Kyle explains that really what's going on here is that he wants to bang that lady Colette over there, and she's her, like her his uh, scene partner, and I invited her to the party, but like she's like really deep and like into like you know intellectual stuff, so like I'm trying to impress her. Um, which, like, of course, like, you'll be able to just go, like, get, like, one nugget of information <laughs> from your friend. And then, like, you'll be good to go with the person yeah. for the rest of the evening. That's how it works. <laughs> That's how it works. You just need one factoid. Yeah. And then all the conversations will just flow from there. Yeah. And um, Steve walks up to the group just as Kyle is talking about his uh, plot to bang Colette and commends him on his great taste. Um when just ahead at the corner of his eye, he spots Ron on his way to this uh, very expensive piece of art, this pure iceberg water flown in from Greenland, apparently. Yeah. It costs $10,000 a year just for the water. It's a Kunz, isn't it? It's a Kunz? Like Jeff Is that Kunz? What isn't that what they say? Is that what it says? I, I didn't write it down. I, uh, I believe you. Yeah. Um, so um, Stevie goes, you know, he goes back over to the fun group, Casey, Kyle and Henry, and he tells him that, you know, I had my days, too, as a struggling actor slash caterer. And those, I would say, are some of the happiest in my life. You know, I might even say the happiest. And they're like, really? Like better than when you were a big movie star? Better than right now? And he's like, OK, let's say good times. Yeah. As we were just discussing, Gutenberg realizes I don't want to travel back in time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's much better off just moving forward. Yeah. Um. Oh wait, no, we said so, yeah, so, the opposite. No, whatever. Never mind. Yeah. Well, to me, it all it really just depends. On, I think we concluded it depends on what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We agree Jesus should not come to the current year. Yeah. Or certainly, if he does, he should just he shouldn't like try to like uh, declare himself to be like the Messiah. Or whatever. Like, like if you want to just like blend in and like be a guy, I'm cool with that. Yeah, I don't think anybody should be making global proclamations. Those don't yeah, seem to work like out you well. Can, like, 
you can come, you get a job, you work at yeah. like, you know, Twitter or something. Yeah, Twitter work work your way up, you know. You can't just uh, run for office day one. Um, I mean, if you runs for, yeah, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, don't get involved <laughs> with the politics. Just like be anonymous. You're going to be Jesus Christ. Jesus yes. comes and he announces he's running for president. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that's, I think, coming out a bit strong. Yeah. Uh, that's what I, that's my just personal opinion on the yeah. whole Jesus running for office situation. Mm. Jesus yeah. 2024. <laughs> um, he doesn't even need a running mate. Yeah. <laughs> It's kind of beneath Jesus to have a running mate. I would yeah. say. Oh, I guess he yeah. could run with. Uh, he could have the Father and then and the Holy Ghost as well. I don't know how any of that works. <laughs> I'm not touching um, the son of the ten foot pole. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah. yeah. Uh, apologies in advance as I butcher your religion, but I believe that. No, I have no. Yeah. I have no fucking idea. Um. So, um, I, at least I know the words, right? Like, I don't. I, I know enough shit about my own things. Like, it's it's all you know. Um, so yeah, so we then we finally get introduced um, to McLovin, um, who we learn is Roman's scene uh, writing partner, and they're going over the notes that they have for a script that they submitted to a producer. Um, meanwhile, we have Henry running into Ron, who he catches trying to sneak a drink in the garage, and uh, Ron denies that like anything is wrong. Uh, but as soon as Henry leaves the room, we see that he calls his sponsor just as soon as uh, Henry's gone. And, you know, we know obviously Ron's in some trouble. Yeah. Um, we go back to the uh, the script writers and Steve tells them that their problem is that they've never heard their words read aloud. So, like, you don't know what they what it looks like for this to be performed. Like, you're just seeing it on the page. So being who he is, he's able to gather everyone at the party together and, you know, assigns in different parts to do a... Uh, a read, uh, kind of a uh, a table read, I would say, of the script. And uh, Kent and Roman are first are like, no, like we really don't want that. That's not necessary. But Steve insists, and you know he gives them a, like you know a big pep talk about you know not giving into your fear and you know embracing vulnerability and like you guys got to do this. So um, the table read is on. So it's what do you got yeah. To say for yourself, so I got a lot of comments here. So. Uh, first of all, like, and I, and I get that that's the joke, but like Roman not wanting anyone to read his words ever, you know, does raise his uh, questions about his viability as, as a writer. And I, and again, I understand that's the point, but like, it's yeah. Although yeah. I, I suspected that's a fairly common thing. Like people, yeah, lots of people like, that have uh, all sorts of you yeah. know, inferiority complexes. But then also all syndrome. of a sudden they, they have six copies of the script for everyone to read. Um. So Roman's carrying around six copies, and each one is like. Uh, or Steve Goodberg has a really good printer. Oh, that's true. Yeah, they could. Yeah, Steve probably has a photocopier. They just uh, they edit that scene out. Okay, I retract my comment. Yeah, he probably has an amazing big copy machine or whatever. Like, he's yeah. super rich. He has whatever he wants. I'm so jealous of him. If only I had a printer that worked. He's probably has an entire. He probably has an entire Staples in his basement. Mm, yeah. I just want one printer that works. I I have yeah, six you're, printers. You're, you're out of luck. I have six pictures of the house that don't work. Six. Yeah. After we cure cancer, they'll figure yeah. out a way to which make one to printer. Throw, which I refuse to throw out for some reason. <laughs> yeah. My current printer is pretty good, um, but the cartridges are so expensive. So it's like so – it costs so much money to maintain these things. Oh, it's like a cartel. Yeah. Once you're in, you're, you're – Yeah. Stuck. No, they're really expensive. Yeah. Uh, but like it's actually a good printer. It's color and it does everything. So like, but I've had it for like a year, and it's, so far it's been very solid. So, knock on wood, Jesus Christ, wherever you are. Um. 
I hope you're out there just living life. So, um, that's a secret signal if you're listening. Yeah. So we start the table read, and it's, it's all sounding quite awful. Um, everyone's commenting on the nonsensical plot, the terrible dialogue, the characters that make no sense. While Roman and again try to defend themselves, Lydia, of course, says she thinks it was great. Lydia, Lydia, the only truth teller in the bunch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then, of course, we get Colette saying how she thought that the movie offered a very insightful review of gender theory and different, you know, concepts of this, which obviously are not at all present in the movie. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, you know. Roman's script was not, uh, you know, being thoughtful about these things. You don't think Roman knows how to write female characters? Yeah, I wouldn't think so. <laughs> they, all the female characters see a, see a guy and just immediately want to have sex with them. That's how the, <laughs> that's that's what Roman's expectation of what how females behave is. Um, mm-hmm. Even though that's he used to, you'd think he has lots of evidence to the contrary. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so Kyle like doesn't at all understand this uh, Colette interpretation, of course, um, and he's like becoming super intimidated because Kent is actually really hitting it off with Colette. Like he's actually like on her level, and they're able to have a conversation. He knows more than like a factoid. Um, so behind the scenes, Kyle goes over to Casey and it's like again, like tell me some smart shit to say. Like this is still his plan. Uh, give me, uh, give me uh, three factoids. I'll t- I'll find out the capital of some country, and then I'll <laughs> then I'll put on her, um, and then like give me like one thought about like oh well, I think that you know inflations yada yada yada. Yeah, and then you know I'll what? Be I'll be that'll be good. Sometimes one sometimes one line is all you need if you if you're good at bullshitting. The problem is Kyle's not. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. No, but like not if he's gonna come back at you with like gender theory and Nietzsche. Like you're like. Listen, if you know how to dance, you know how to dance, baby. Uh, yeah, well, I don't think Kyle knows how to dance in this. End of the yeah, fall. he does not. I'm sure there are many crowds that Kyle is quite is very successful in. This yeah. is not one of them. Unfortunately for him. Just, this, this lady is not for Kyle. And that's, yeah. and that's okay. Yeah. Even though he wants to bang her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so Roman is like really uh, upset and depressed about the feedback to the script. But Steve, again, you know, the ultimate optimist, tries to give him a pep talk, encourages him to give him another shot. So then, you know, we have, uh, you know, Kent and Colette are talking about something with Carl Jung and Eckhart <laughs> something. So, yeah, Kyle, yeah, good luck to you, sir. Yeah. This is also a little bit like, you know, the, the scene at the bar in Goodwill Hunting, which always annoyed me. Not that he can't be, Matt Damon can't, you know, Will can't be some super genius incredibly accomplished guy who's solving all the math in the hallways i buy all that but that he read the specific page numbers of these specific books and then you went from this one to that one and that, like it's just like it, it's it's improbable and nonsensical even if you're an expert in that field you know it's like a very specific <laughs> path you just described and you know so yeah anyway come here yeah. for uh, google hunting takes yeah someone who knows all that stuff would probably not be working as a janitor most of the time well, I'm not trying to undercut the whole plot of the movie. I'm just saying yeah. the specific way that he remembers the specific conversation with the long blonde haired guy at the bar, you know, but the, the, the history of the uh, what is it? The, the colonies uh, agricultural system in the 17th right. century or whatever it is. Yeah. Anyhow. Right. So if you're not literally a PhD student who's currently writing their dissertation on that exact subject, yes. you shouldn't be able to do what he did. 
but no even, matter how smart you but are. even so you wouldn't like memorize the page number in random reference books like i don't think he says the page number he doesn't say on, then i on think he just six or uh, okay i don't know oh maybe you're right i don't remember i thought yeah. he's more than like then you're gonna call gordon wood yeah, yeah, a, yeah. you know yeah, no, he does yeah like he's he's talking about like the progression of like takes yeah. on the american yeah, revolution exactly. and, and commerce and that sort of yeah. stuff anyway um anyway so yeah so kyle uh tries to bring up the history of the confederacy (laughs) very true uh he tries to talk to her about nietzsche and when she's like oh i actually i think it's nietzsche (laughs) very politely he's like no i'm pretty sure it's nietzsche yeah no i know um yeah mansplainer but we didn't have the term (laughs) seriously yeah it wants to like what's the is there should be like an extra level for mansplaining when also you're wrong well, but I, I feel like it's usually the case. I don't think so. I feel like mansplaining is often used to just like when men tr- explain to women things that are obvious that they already know. So like the guy isn't wrong. He's just like telling you something that you know. Yeah, maybe. So yeah. it's like I think it's an extra level when it's like you're mansplaining. Oh, I don't know. Wrong. Uh, here's the here's the definition. Uh, mansplaining yeah, is a okay. pejorative term meaning to comment on or explain something to a woman in a condescending, overconfident, and often inaccurate or oversimplified manner. Oh. Okay, fair. Yeah. Okay. Well, well I, yeah, it's a yeah, combination fine. of overconfidence I... and cluelessness. Right. Okay. I think you're very confident, so I... and you think you're right, even though you're very wrong. But now I'm mansplaining. <laughs> okay, mansplain. fine. Now I just mansplain, mansplain to you. So no, it's okay. You're allowed to I... mansplain to another man. That's just oh. that's just talking. It's man on man. Okay. It's man on man. It's man on man. No one cares about man on man mansplaining. <laughs> the media never will report on that. Yeah. Men's rights. They're uh, sexist or something. I don't know. Um, so, yeah. So, Travis, uh, Ron's sponsor arrives and he's shocked to discover that Ron really does need help um, taking taking the shrimp out of the Kutz tank. Oh, now I have it around Kutz. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I wrote it down the second time. Um, By the way, I was on the Wikipedia page for mansplaining and there's a, a synonym which is teaching grandmother to suck eggs. Which is a gender yeah, I don't neutral. Know why people don't say that as much. <laughs> gender neutral use mm. of the term. There you go. Well, yeah. You gotta be it, very careful. And this one's older. It comes from 1707. Interesting. You would have me teach my grand name to suck eggs. Oh, uh, can we talk about in Game of Thrones or in House of the Dragon how a grandmother is called <laughs> a grandmother, right? Yeah. But a grandfather is called a grandsire. <laughs> interesting they have father um, and mother so they're aware of those terms and then they have right. grandmother but then they go to grandsire yeah i don't, don't know he so he he makes some things weird they don't call their father sires and they don't call their grandmother's grand you know something else so it, it, there's inconsistency there anyway yeah i mean there's also makes no sense that they're humans like and that they speak english like it's oh, all but, like but you know just like it like appropriates like ninety seven percent of like our current thing, and then it changes a few things. Yeah, <laughs> but some of them are so silly. No, we can't call a <laughs> grandfather. We have to have grandsire. It'll be better. Trust yeah. Me. yeah, whatever. Right? Uh-huh. <laughs> right, it doesn't. It doesn't trust me. It doesn't work with grandfather. Yeah. Um, Travis though um, gets distracted. Effect. You change that, the whole world yeah. changes. He gets distracted and uh, ends up starting to drink some of that fancy wine instead. Mm. The, the ones that uh, the very wine yeah. that uh, Lydia and uh, Mrs. Gomez were sharing. Uh, I frequently frustrate a, a mutual friend of ours. Uh, I don't know if you. I don't know if you're friends. I think you might know who he is. Uh, we'll say acquaintance. Uh, let's say acquaintance. Okay. 
because he's like very into wine and I very much enjoy drinking wine, but I cannot at right. all. I'm not an aficionado. I cannot tell the difference. And I'm very upfront with him. So like he helped like, like when every time, or not every time, but when I have gone to the wine store, I have like, I'll video chat with him and I'll show him like the aisles. And he's like, okay, pick this one and this one. And then he's all excited for me to taste them. I'm like, don't be excited. Like you're just going to be disappointed. And he's like, what do you think? What do you think? And I'm like, so then why do you even call him? It's just like pick any two bottles. Who cares? Because That's how I do. I look, I, I pick whichever one has like a nice picture on it. We, uh, <laughs> By the way, like I, if it has like a nice mountain, honestly, or some, I, some, I'll be completely honest. I judge those books by their cover. The, the of labels, course. Yeah. Not, like, what do you think? The, what am I going to judge it by? I don't know. Right. Oh, yeah. oh, this one looks extra purple. Like, I don't know. Oh, I'm going to look at the, like, the nutrition facts. Like, I don't know. It's red wine. Yeah. Well, so that so but I, I tell him I don't care. And I'm just happy buying like an eight dollar bottle or a twelve dollar bottle or whatever. But he insists. No, no, no. Um, I'm going to I'm going to convert you. And so I, I keep trying. I keep drinking a lot of wine. But uh it's all good, but in the all same right. amount of goodness. Um, yeah, no, it's all good. It's, it's, yeah. it's red wine. Put in my cup, I'll drink it. It's delicious. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I mean, there's some of it. Some of them are. I don't always love everything, but it's yeah. uh, mostly it's good. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so um, they're uh, they're all sitting, standing around, chatting about. Um, Steve continued talking to uh, Lydia and Mrs. Gomez about, um, you know, you guys have to dream big and you have to start thinking. Like, if you became a millionaire, you had millions of dollars. If you had a million dollars, if you struck it rich, what would you do with it? And <laughs> Lydia's like, oh my God, I would have a big party and then I'd buy a ton of shoes and then I would get 100 horses for, uh, for my daughter. Um, and uh, Mrs. Gomez is like so overwhelmed by the question, she doesn't even know where to begin. And they they see Henry passing by. And they ask him. He's like, "Oh, easy. I would buy a fleet of blimps. You think you could buy a fleet of blimps for a million dollars? How many blimps are there in the world? Isn't it like a shockingly low number? I don't know. Well, I mean, what do we? Why do we need blimps? Why are there more than zero blimps in the world? What do blimps right. do? Okay, guess how many blimps there are operational blimps in the world right now. Okay. I don't know. Well, you said it's very low, so now whatever I, now whatever I say is going to seem silly potentially. Just guess. Um, three hundred. In the world, there are ten operational blimps. Oh wow! Go- Goodyear okay, operates. Good. There shouldn't be any blimps. Blimps are stupid. <laughs> Goodyear operates four of those airships. What are they for? They're just for like stick to hang signs Hold on. in the sky. Like that. That was from Fox. Okay. From mental floss, it says there are twenty-five blimps in existence. Oh, see, it's going up. So three hundred dollars. Oh, oh. However, on, no, only half of them are in use. Okay. There are twenty-five blimps. Yeah, and half are in use. Um. So why are there any blimps? You want to know? Yeah. Do they have any utility? What are they, What do they? What, yeah. what, what, do, what do they do? They're primarily used for advertising and aerial photography. <laughs> this is shocking. The blimp's greatest downfall was inefficiency. Oh, you don't say. That freaking huge thing is filled with helium instead of people or cargo. Would have thought of that. Yeah, yeah. Even when they were invented, uh, when they reached their top speed in the 1930s of 87 miles an hour, planes were still going almost three times as fast at that time. Oh, interesting. Safety was another major concern. The Hindenburg, yes, that's <laughs> yes, interesting. Um, all right, yeah, I'm going to say this is an anti-blimp podcast. Um, anti-blimp. So, uh, yeah. yeah, Henry, an early contender to be the fucking asshole. Yeah. Waste all that money on stupid blimps. <laughs> a fleet. So yeah, what? How, how do you define a fleet? 
I mean, yeah, if, I would say more if there's only than, 10 in the two. whole world. <laughs> right, right. If you have two, you're immediately behind Goodyear. It's like they have, it's like, it's like, it's like the, there's more dragons in Game of Thrones than there are blimps in the, in our known world. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe what would not do well in a fight with a blimp, a dragon, a blimp. Yeah, I think a dragon would do very quick work of a, of a blimp. <laughs> I mean, I could do probably quicker. You just poke it. It's... Yeah, uh, you take off your bobby pin and you stick it in. Exactly. Yeah, it probably pops very easily. Yeah, I mean, it's probably slightly um, stronger than that, but fine, maybe slightly fine. So you need like a knife. Yeah. Um. The 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 metronome in Minnesota. So you mm-hmm. know, because they were constantly pumping air into it, there had to be holes in the ceiling so that it wouldn't like literally explode. And the way that, uh, that the way that they, which is why when you would, did you ever go to a game there? Uh, yes, I went to one with you. We went to a game at the Metrodome. I guess it would have been based in the year. So do you remember the experience yeah. of when you walk out? It's less so at baseball because, you know, people. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember at all. I yeah, remember so, we sat like in the bleachers or the outfield uh, or something. So when, But when you go to like a foot, like a Vikings game or I guess like a playoff baseball game where everybody leaves at the same time, when you leave because they, they open the doors, like you get pushed out of the building because there's this wind whooshing out. Which is, uh-huh. especially as a kid, is a fun experience. Anyway, so the holes in the ceiling they literally made by somebody like lay down on the floor of the of the middle of the dome and like shot a gun up at the ceiling. That's how they made the holes in that blimp, which I was always very tickled by. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. And I, I on, on the tour, I was probably in third grade or whatever. I asked. I said, "Well, how do they make? Because some of the holes are bigger. You know, they're not like bullet size. And they showed like it's a special like contraption, a flumberbust, like you know. With, but anyways." Um, yeah, so that's how you make holes. Shoot him through with a gun. All right. So we uh, Steve gives us a tour of his art collection, which uh, concludes with an Ian Spankler statue, I would say, or something. I don't even know what to call this thing, of a naked man trying to have sex with a porcupine. Mm, yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it's very cool. Um, so we see Roman and Kent uh, McLovin uh, going over to uh, the theater to rewrite the script. And Roman is just like, he's not into this rewrite. He tells Ken that he's selling out, breaking your fingers, selling out. And Henry and Casey um, decide that they're going to take the lead roles in this uh, second production because, like, you know, they're, they're kind of both trying to one up each other and show that who's the better actor here. And as it turns out, the newer script is actually much better. It has, and it even has like some of that heart that Steve was talking about earlier. That he's saying, you know, needs yeah. to be added here. It, it has it some. Ends, uh, it has a little more McLovin and a little less Roman. <laughs> yeah, it ends with a uh, a steamy kiss between Henry and Casey, and uh, even Roman seems convinced once he sees it performed that like his uh, his hardcore sci-fi stand was just a little bit much. That you know, you need to have uh, maybe toned that a little bit, a little bit of heart. Um, so yeah, you know, take two seemingly went much better. Everyone seems to have much more positive reviews. Yeah, um, dramatic improvement. Yeah, and uh, things continue to go great for Kent, who seems to completely outwit Kyle once again. And he walks out with Colette. You know, game seems to be over as between Kyle and Kent. Um, you know, then we have uh, we have Carlos, who is Travis's sponsor, <laughs> comes on to the scene. I died when this happened. I completely forgot that this was a thing. It's so good. <laughs> Are you a plumber also? 
it's like of course like ron's aa sponsor is a total fuck up that like the first time he needs to come help yeah he gets sidetracked he gets drunk it's like because like that's ron's luck a lot of, uh lot of life that... yeah but but to be fair ron fucked him over right but like but yeah but he's, yeah. he's he's supposed to be able to be strong here like you're supposed to be there for the guy like yeah. it's like you're like you're like you have one job is that yeah. like the first time that like he's gonna relapse like you're there for him to make it not happen so hold on so, so the, and i i apologize for my ignorance but so the way it works in like aa for example is you have a sponsor who's someone who's also you know going through sobriety but it's a little bit ahead of you a little more senior to you right right and then when you're in a situation a tough situation you call them for support that's how I see it depicted on television. <laughs> yeah, that's but what it seems like. They're but, supposed to be for there for you when it's hard or whatever. It's a thing. it's a little strange. It's like, hey, um, you know, fellow alcoholic, I'm surrounded by alcohol. I don't know what to do. Can you come? Well, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I think it is a very common thing um, for sponsors and their sponsorees to relapse together. It is. Oh. Um, so that yeah. is how to I mean, I, again, again, as depicted in TV. Yeah, well, I that's certainly see that happen. Also. Yeah. Yeah, um, no, I mean, this is this might be an absurd comparison. I mean, but... it just seems like obvious that that's that that would happen, especially if you know you you have uh, people that are of the same or or of opposite romantic persuasions, where yeah, they you know get in with each other and they just you know be, date and do drugs together or whatever. And well, so um, <laughs> relapse. <laughs> Um, it seems as it seems like an obvious thing that would happen a yeah. bunch of times. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, again, as you said, in media it certainly does, which is uh, for better or for worse, my primary experience and apparently yours. Or you just like each other and decide to hang yeah. out and get drunk all, all the time because that's what you like doing with people that you like. I knew a and guy both alcoholics, who, uh, like around our age, who was sent in the '90s, who was gay, was sent in the '90s to one of these like gay conversion camps, and which is obviously a very terrible and harmful thing, and you know is very bad however as he said he was growing up as a young gay like orthodox boy and he didn't know if there was anybody else like him and now he went to a place where he met a whole bunch of other guys like him and it was amazing because they all hooked up with each other all the time <laughs> so that one wasn't really thought through by the uh, homophobes who uh planned that so funny should i edit that out i don't know <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what he told yeah me. why not okay fine keep it in it all forward. stays in. Not back, only forward. Yeah. Um, where are we? So, yeah. So, so we have, right, we have uh, Travis joins now. And uh, we have uh, Carlos. So, Car- so, Travis is the first sponsor. Carlos is the second sponsor. I apologize. Yeah. Um, Travis is the best, and, he, and he's like, and he's he's you know he's on Team Chester. He says Carlos is mad at Ron that he called on his sponsor to help him with like a plumbing problem. Yeah, because he's an to... asshole. He's taking advantage of him. <laughs> right? Um, yeah. Uh, well, you know, I th- do they all end up getting drunk? I think maybe Carl does. Carlos get on it? I guess we'll see. I don't remember. I, don't, I guess not. I don't think we see him uh, involved beyond this. No, Carlos. So it's only well. it's only the first two. We don't, it's to be determined mm-hmm. whether Carlos also goes off the wagon. Or is it on the wagon? Like off the wagon. You want to be on the wagon. Wagon yeah. moves forward. So it has wheels. If you're <laughs> off the wagon, you're lying. You're lying like in a gutter. Mm. You're off the wagon. Yeah. Is that a red dot on your screen now? Red dot? I don't think so. Oh my god! You see a red dot? I was making oh, reference to the episode. Oh, you're doing oh, cashmere sweater. Oh, I didn't realize that was the same episode. Yeah, remember he he falls off the wagon again, and then they offer him the red dot, and he says, "Oh, is that uh, even, even in his drunken <laughs> got state?" It. 
Don't I didn't remember that was connect, the connection. Got yeah. it. Okay. Um, where the hell are we? Uh, oh, okay. So we go uh, out back. K- Casey and Henry in a hot tub. Um, much like the hot tub you have. We had a lovely evening in the hot tub at the recharging of the mitzvah. Mm-hmm. You have a lovely outdoor screen. We watched the table read while seated in the hot tub. A fine time was had by all. Thank you. Yeah. And um, how often do you use that hot tub? You probably use it like five times a week, right? I feel like uh, you're a big hot tub. Yeah, guy. I use it a lot. Yeah, I'm a big fan of it. You use I'm, it in like when it's cold as well? My, my wife has not used it five times ever. Oh, really? She's yeah. not into it. Yeah. She um, really just bought it for yourself. No, but she told me up front. She's like, I'm, I'm not going to want to go. She's like, you know, as long as you don't bother me to go in it. I'm like, okay, so. <laughs> Fair. Um, yeah, so. Um, you go when it's cold as well? Yeah, well, I never went in the summer. I only go when it's cold. Oh, when it's hot, when it's okay. 80 degrees and humid outside, why do you want to sit in like hot water? Yeah, I don't know. Some people yeah. like it. I mean, I, I used to like it also. I think maybe I just got used to doing it in the winter and I got spoiled. So fair. Yeah. Um, I would just be so scared of that. Like whatever the walk is after the hot tub back into the house, just how cold I would be. So that would be like dreading that the whole night. It would like ruin oh. the whole night for me knowing that I'm going to have those like 10 seconds of misery. Yeah. So you can actually you can buy like these like heated like mats that people I've seen. But for me, it's actually the opposite. Like I I get out and then I sort of stand outside it. Like I like sort of the change in temperature from hot to cold. And oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, I would be freezing because it's like you're coming from like super hot. into. Yeah. Yeah. If I had unlimited funds or it's not even a price. I mean, it is a price issue, but it's also probably a, a space issue. If I had unlimited space, I would get a cold. If tub. you had unlimited funds, you could get unlimited space. Yeah, then... exactly. I would get a cold tub. A cold tub. Oh, yeah. interesting. I, like to, uh, I, I have I have zero interest in a cold. Tub. Yeah, sounds no, horrible. I, like I've done that on occasion in spas, and it's like, yeah, it's the yeah, first. It sounds time. like something you would do to a terrorist to try to get information <laughs> out of the, uh, an attack. The, the first ten seconds are miserable, tub. but then after that, it, well, we have a friend, we have a mutual friend who's into like right. the uh, yeah, what's it he called? Again? To go, he, he, uh, something, some therapy, whatever. You know, he's yeah. always he, trying, to, you know, he goes all the time, and honestly, right. I'm intrigued. But he says he's always trying to, he's always looking for come with guys and can't find them. Yeah, yeah, for that. Yeah. yeah, for no. all for all sorts of stuff. Yeah, no, I'll be a come with guy for that. I've told him that. We've never done it, but uh, I've told him uh, I will do it at some point. You'll do this, you'll do that, you'll do the other. And the other. Um So yeah, so we got Casey and Henry in the in the spa and she asks why you never told me that you were a legitimate actor. Um ah, so that I think goes on into my column, right? That like oh maybe not, fine. All right, let's move on for that whole debate. Um, yeah, because right, because I think she's saying, "I thought you, I, I thought of you only as a guy who was in a commercial. I never thought you would be in a movie." So that to me, to me, that's saying that like actor, a commercial person is below actor. So like the commercial would have to come first necessarily. I think is what she's saying. But yeah, maybe maybe, maybe. I'm reading too way too much into some throwaway line. Yeah, <laughs> that could be that. That's also possible. We would never do that on this podcast, though. Um, and they uh, they start to make out when uh, Henry pulls away and he's like, wait, what are we doing? We're both dating other people. This is not OK. And he's like, well, you know, Paul and I have actually drifted apart for a couple of weeks, um, which, OK, but that's I mean, so this doesn't even come up. Like Henry also goes into another direction, but it's like also that's the only one of the two of you. Like if you if you were under the impression that the other person is in a relationship, you shouldn't kiss them. Also true, yes. Um, but but um, Henry uh, says, but also like you know, you kind of broke my heart back before. Um, so you know, that's not necessarily something that I want to revisit. 
Um, but before they can, you know, continue this conversation, they get interrupted by Steve and uh, Casey jumps out <laughs> as strip- Steve comes in with uh, just Steve enters the pool. Uh, nothing else, nothing on him. Um, tells uh, Henry he should try it because the uh, Jets feel great on your balls. Alex, can you confirm that the Jets feel great I on your balls? I'm sure abs- you can tell me the answer. I can absolutely confirm. You really should take your underwear off. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a 0% chance that you go into hot tub five times a week and you've never put those Jets on your balls. Yeah, I mean, I, I never have clothes on unless other people are there. If I'm by myself, I'm right. naked 100% of the time. And um, sometimes yeah. I'm naked and then Why wouldn't you a, be? a neighbor shows up. Well, listen, I'm in, the, I'm in the, my own privacy of my yard. You know? I was in the pool! Yeah, uh, you know, if if you're welcome to come, but you know, give me a warning, or I'll be naked. So that, that has yeah. happened. Yeah, we and then we, uh, of course, naturally, we get Lydia and Mrs. Gomez <laughs> also begin to strip. And uh, but good for Lydia because it didn't work out at the orgy. You know, now now yeah. she, she, hey, she didn't even loosen she, her bow tie at the orgy, which drove me nuts. <laughs> she's still in uh, orgy mode. Um, I mean, if she was we, willing to settle um, for that dope. The goot is we a massive moment- upgrade. <laughs> we momentarily uh, cut back to Roman asking Kyle why no one before Steve Gutenberg has ever told him to rewrite something. <laughs> um, why, like, why wasn't this ever advice that I got? Yeah. Um, and then we return to the hot tub to uh, close out the episode. Now we do know, remember, that the yeah. governor's assistant, he read it and seemed to like it. From the right, that's true. Read. Yeah, so that's why he no need to rewrite. One person liked yeah. it. Well, we have a friend. Uh, we have a we have an acquaintance that has pointed out, yeah, that uh, when you get no feedback, that means it right. produces it's perfect. Perfect, right? There's yeah. no, no, nothing, nothing to even add on. Yeah, feedback is bad. When people, when people it respond means the, to you, it means fixing mistakes. It means the face. entire internet read your post and said, "Correct, no need to." <laughs> <laughs> oh, should I should I like it? Is that something you do? No, that's not what you would do to signal approval with the statement. No. You would do nothing. You yeah. do nothing. That's that's what how you demonstrate. Um, agreement and approval. Yeah, um, it's a very normal perspective. Um, so yeah, so Colette suggests that maybe the script should be about the robot growing a soul. Mm. Um, we turn back to Henry, who gets asked by Lydia why he quit acting. If you know you're actually pretty good at it, like, well, what's going on here? Why are you a caterer, not an actor? And Steve's like, yeah, I mean, people with your kind of talents. I would say you break through about nine out of ten times. Um, <laughs> just obviously, <laughs> completely insane. It's like nine out of a thousand times, maybe. And they also like define breakthrough. Like, um, I mean, I think that is true for like most people in life, myself included, who are blessed with things, and they just assume it's because of their work and their, you know, that, that they've earned it and that they deserve it, rather than you know, like the incredible luck and, and you know, good fortune above any work or skills that they have. Like I, yeah, I don't think like Steve Gutenberg has like been in like Hollywood his whole life. Certainly, he's come across many, many people who are not successful. Yeah, but if you right? survey like most billionaires, like do you deserve your money? Like you, they'll they'll say yes, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, even like, nine out of ten. Adam, not good... Adam Carolla, when I used to listen to his podcast, would piss me off. He would always complain about that. He's like, he's like, oh, everybody says like, oh, it's all luck, and you know, it's not luck. Like I went. Because I heard that Jimmy Kimmel on the radio was going to be at a radio station and, and was learning to box. So I went to teach him how and I went to volunteer to teach him how to box. And that's why I'm famous today. It's like, and you think that's a story about your hard work? That's, you don't think that's a story of luck? Like the one in a million chance that that happened? It's like, it's very infuriating to me. Anyway, I don't listen to this podcast anymore. All right. <laughs> Sorry for that rant. <laughs> that's okay. Um, 
So yeah, so um, nine out of ten though, not quite good enough for Henry. Um, he wonders, but what about that last guy? Mm, the number yeah. ten out of ten. Um, it's all. It's our... almost almost everybody is a massive success in Hollywood, but once yeah. in a while, someone someone once in a while tries to do it before it out. It, yeah. It, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't work. They're successful yeah. for a while, but then they have a little mini comeback to her. But like, yeah, overall, of course, you yeah. say they're like, oh, their career is only they can only make like ten million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, so Ron is uh, talking to Henry. He wants to, you know, see the uh, customer feedback cards, which turns out was uh, written by Travis. Um, and uh, Henry tries to console him. Apparently, he's been kicked out of AA, which I would have imagined is something that probably takes a lot to happen. <laughs> Somehow, <laughs> Ron pulled off very swiftly. Yeah, yeah, I would think the, the threshold to get kicked out of AA is insanely high. Yeah. <laughs> You, you, uh, use your sponsor for a uh, personal errands and then uh, get them. Right, away. That's it. You're out. What? No, no warning. Yeah. That's, that's the craziest thing anyone in AA has ever. Well, done. I'm, I'm guessing that, that Ron has made other off camera uh, mistakes also probably. Yeah, that could be. It could be. This yeah. is not the first warning. Yeah, he yeah, might have been, uh, you know, running, running out of chances already. So we um, leave, uh, you know, we leave. We're leaving Steve Gutenberg's house. And um, as Kyle exits, he realizes that Colette is actually staying behind. Mm. And uh, as he walks away, he sends. Uh, he says, "I fucking hate Steve Gutenberg." Yeah, and uh, what I think is so brilliant about this ending is, in hindsight, it's so obvious because <laughs> it's like, oh, is he gonna? He, he, like, oh wow, she's ditching Dot Kyle for the nerd. But like, Steve Gutenberg has all these things himself, so he has the interests, but also the resources, and he's good looking and famous and rich. It's like so obvious the whole the whole time in hindsight, and yet you're watching, and you you never see it coming until the. The door closes on you. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so very well done, I will say. Well, I don't know how official any of these rankings really are. Av, how do you rank the episode? Um, yeah, I think this episode is incredibly good. Um, I'm gonna say this episode is pretty, 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 pretty good. I um absolutely love this episode as much as um Kyle fucking hates Steve Gutenberg that's how much I love this episode um this episode is kind of like I don't even remember I didn't remember the specifics of this episode when we decided to do party down podcast but it's like the vibes of this episode I think is like everything that I associated with party down at its best um this is like party down as it like could be and should be if every episode was a home run where it's just like the randomness the wackiness the Hollywood adjacent nature of it all um it's just like just like a total fun romp from beginning to end um, where like it's it, and the irony is that it's like literally the oh, the first episode where they're not working as caterers. Right. So it's like the whole premise of the show doesn't even exist here for the most part, which is kind of what is, is hilarious about it. Um, but I, I think it's just like a perfect episode of Party Down. Like we just get like all the great character dynamics. Um, everyone is like kind of 10 out of 10 of themselves. Um, just really, really great episode. Yeah, I, I really like it, although now I feel bad. Like, I don't like it enough because I think this episode was pretty, 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 pretty good. That's four and a half for me. Um, also very good. Also very good. But yeah, I mean, I, I love the Goots hospitality. I love you hate the you, episode. I love, as you said, uh, seeing the, the cast casual bow ties off as they get to be guests rather than servers. I love Ron still insisting on being a server. Of course, it's uh, it's new, new Ron. Um, we get to see like vulnerable Roman in a new angle, I think. Yeah. And the way that those uh, jets hit your balls is wonderful. So, yeah, that's four and a half for me. And if that takes us to the come with guy. Oh, 
come on, be a come with guy. For me, this is as much a blowout as there's ever been for this award across all the shows that we've done on this. It's it's, it's obviously the goop. Like, I mean, how can you be better than him? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what is more of a come with guy than to say, oh, literally, let's do a giant party with strangers in my own house that I will host and pay for. Everyone's invited in the entire world. Whoever you want, you could. That's the definition of a come with guy. Yeah, he's the king. There will never be more of a come with guy than him. But then that takes us to a dark turn. Oh, what? I'm the asshole here? I am. I'm I'm the asshole. I'm the asshole. I get it. I'm the asshole here, huh? Put your clothes on, Gordon. No one wants to see your penis. No one. Well, why? Maybe I'll win an award for best cock. Uh, Who is the fucking asshole? Um, I think the funky asshole is probably just Kyle. I think he just he probably takes the biggest L in this episode. Um, I know there's definitely the stuff with all the the AA and the various sponsors and how well are they sponsoring and how well are they being sponsored. Um, but like I think you know Kyle kind of has uh, met his match for once, and uh, you know it's not terrible to see. Mm. Uh, to me, the fucking asshole is Coons uh, for making this ridiculous piece of art. <laughs> That is, is begging to be destroyed. That requires constant replenishing of wa- water, like the environmental impact. Like, no, this is not art. This is uh, uh, manipulating rich people into giving away their money for stupidity. So, um, yeah, he's the fucking asshole to me. <laughs> yeah, that makes yeah. sense. I would just stop with the Ted dance. <laughs> Who's he? He's somebody. What about me? You're nobody. Why him? Why not me? He's good. You're not. I'm better than him. You're worse. <laughs> much, much worse. Normally, if we have a cameo, and of course we have a big one uh, in this episode, is is where we turn to discuss the cameos. But I, I think we've discussed the goot quite a bit already, right? I mean, the only um, question is, would he be in the yeah. dancing club? And I think that he definitely would not. No, in in yeah. any of the the different uh, iterations. Yeah. Although, because the goot is the first person on the show to actually portray themselves, right? He's the first I be- famous I believe person. so, yes. So the Ted Danson Club is out. We have a new club. <laughs> the Steve Gutenberg Club. Yeah, the Steve Gutenberg Club. <laughs> this is going to be much harder to assess. Were you more famous than Steve Gutenberg in 2010? <laughs> yeah, but like, but I mean, that's why we started the Ted Danson Club, because we're like, the, Ted Danson guesses himself on episode two of Curb, and we're like, well, how right. famous was Ted Danson then? Because he's playing himself. And then how do we compare right, so, him to the other people? So for the rest of Party Down, we will have a Steve Gutenberg club. Yeah, well, only if we have someone else come and play themselves, which we may not. It's not right. Kerb. It's a different kind of show. I don't, uh, yeah, I don't remember if we do. Um, I would suspect in season three that's more likely to happen. Yeah, well, I'm Steve sure they're going to have a lot more the celebrities and stuff. But, you, but celebrities playing themselves as opposed to playing characters. Because it's not Yeah, Kerb. I they think so. Okay, but as of right now, Steve Gutenberg is the. King I'm not of saying Steve. there'll be a bunch. I'm saying I feel like you know there'll be one. Yeah, and, and but here here's the risk for Steve Gutenberg. All right, because you know he's coming out first, and so he's the undisputed champion right now. But as soon as the next person comes out, you know what we're gonna have, right? He's gonna be Richard Lewis Club. Well, I, it depends. We're but the next club is just like the we next the person Lewis will club. be more. The next, the next person to play themselves and party down will be much more famous than Steve Gutenberg. I'm not sure if that's true. I think so. I think it's a lock. They would, they would, they wouldn't do it. And like, it will be a similar thing where somebody's they're doing, right, doing I don't a party know, and there's I was a celebrity say, there. The next person is going to be we're going to have a Steve Gutenberg club. We're going to have the other person club. But and so we we don't yet know whether Steve Gutenberg club is going to mean the you don't know if he's the Ted Danson or the Richard. Lewis. Yeah, exactly. We don't know yet. Okay. You're confident. I think I think it's ninety five 
percent plus that he's the Richard Lewis. All right, I have a question for you. Who? Oh wait, so sorry, sorry, oh sorry. Just to clarify, I'm saying specifically someone who would be in season three. I don't know if there's a cameo coming up in the next five episodes. Oh, I don't then know. I that agree. I, I'm betting on that, but I don't know that there is either. Oh, so I'm not including that in the bet. Oh well, well no, then then the bet's canceled. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but I meant I meant only. But here's a tougher question. Anyone who's coming on now is going to be much more famous than him. Steve Gutenberg would not be Steve Gutenberg on this show in 2010 would not be in the Richard Lewis club, right? He's more, even though Richard Lewis is more. If famous Steve, Cur- if Steve, if Steve Gutenberg was on Curb in 2010, would he be in the Richard Lewis club? Yeah, I think he's more. He famous. is. I would say. More famous than Richard Lewis, yeah. Even though for, sure. for me he's not. I mean, I actually mentioned earlier on this podcast. No, he's like, much more famous. He's in a, he's in a yeah. ton of like very popular movies. Uh, but I mentioned earlier on this podcast that my favorite movie, or what I always said was my favorite movie, is Robin Hood Men in Tights, starring not uh, Carrie L. Ewells, whatever his name is, is, is the main star, but but also Richard Lewis plays King Richard in that movie, right? Yes, and yes. And, and, I, and yeah. So to me, growing up, I always knew Richard Lewis because he's the guy who plays King Richard, and I knew he was like a comedian or something, and then I knew him from Curb. So yeah, so Richard Lewis to me is uh, more famous than Steve Gutenberg, but I acknowledge that that's definitely a minority position. So yeah, starring on a sitcom. Wait, so wait, did he have a sitcom at all, or did I totally make that up? Did he never have a sitcom? Um, he may have. That's certainly not the thing that I'm most associated with him, and I didn't see that as, let's see, filmography mm. on screen. Interesting. Yeah, television. Let's see. What did he have a lot of episodes of? Hmm. I don't see anything with the Goldbergs. He was on six episodes, seven episodes of Dancing with the Stars, eight episodes of Veronica Mars. Okay, so definitely not. Okay, so yeah, so I'm even wrong. I thought he was primarily yeah. a sitcom guy. He, he's not. A, he was. I not thought he was a, on like know, he's a, he's a, Three's Company no, he's or you know some. I mean, not Three's Company, but something like that. Some like well-known uh, sitcom that I never actually saw. Yeah, Steve Gutenberg is an American actor. He is known other things, whatever. He's known for his lead roles in Hollywood films, the 1980s and 1990s. Mm, okay, it that really is, the, his... is absolutely wild. By the way, that he's in The Boys from Brazil. Um, yeah, you know, I'm gonna maybe I'll uh, we'll see. Maybe I'll try to watch that before next week, and then I could uh, comment for. Yeah, so I assume he plays some some kid in the movie, right? Um, let's see, who did he play? He played Barry Kohler. I don't know who I don't remember who that is, but it, uh, it's like lower down on the cast list. So I mean, not that not that low down. Yeah, I'm probably not gonna watch that movie this week. Um, I have too many. I have too many movies from this year to watch. Um, a, lot of, a lot of Nazis in this. Okay, movie. looking at the cast here. Yes. Yeah. And then you find Nazis on both sides. Yeah. <laughs> What's the other side for Nazis? Should we? Uh, should we talk? Should we post- talk about our old friends? Yeah, our our old friend had a, a great night last night. Our friends who are in the post. Our friend Donald. Our friend Donald. No, our friend Donald Trump. He had a great night. Why is he? Oh, because he's we big winner on this podcast. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> like it's, a, um, uh, you know, I'm. Just, I like how he says the Fox News. I, th- I, I would like to address the the fake news that I was very angry. I was not angry. <laughs> I'm not angry at all. Why are you saying I'm angry? I'm actually very happy. I'm wonderfully happy. Let yeah. That, yeah. Um, it seems like many people are starting to realize that um, Donald Trump is a sociopathic loser <laughs> who has been a loser his whole life and just got really lucky one time. Yeah. And. If you keep attaching yourself to this guy, you're going to keep losing when you could otherwise be winning. And maybe you should try winning. Mm. Um, we'll see. Maybe we'll, be taking, we'll have to do one more time around to, before they, they realize yeah. this lesson. But also, the margins were very narrow, so I don't know what we're celebrating here. Well, not celebrating, but kind of like, yeah. You know. All right, take this all out. <laughs> it all stays. 
I don't want the politics in it. All right, let's go to the mailbag. The post. Let's go to the mailbag. What the fuck is a mailbag? I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't even know what to do. Postman, 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 come here. here Tell the neighborhood what a shonda Larry, Uh, uh, Larry David is. You're you're a lousy Jew, but you're a lousy human being. He screws the wife of a man in a wheelchair. Shonda. Maybe you should have given me some candy. You're a lousy Jew. First postman we have is from Alex Orvitz, who says, Hi, Alex and Av. This was a really fun episode of the show with Gutenberg and Lydia's friend neighbor being real standouts. The Ron pilot was not my, the Ron plot was not my favorite, which is why I'm not at all in on this one. But everything with Roman and McLovin's script was hilarious. Party, 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 party down. Four parties. Okay. That's from Alex O. Uh, Jim Crumley says this episode was a bounce back from the past two. The arc stuff with Casey and Henry is strong. I'm still left with some questions that you probably have already answered. What has Steve Gutenberg been doing for the past 20 years? How does he afford that mansion? So we actually didn't really get into that because Alex didn't even really know who Steve Gutenberg was. Um, so we didn't even speculate in the future. We spent more time uh, trying to reconstruct the past. Uh, how does he afford the mansion? It is true, right? So let's see. What is, uh, let's see, Steve Gutenberg. Net worth. Now, obviously, we know this is just a made-up figure that somebody right. on the internet. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna say the range they give is 15 to 20 million dollars. So they say 14 million. So you're you're right. Right. Okay. That's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. I mean, I think 14 million dollars. You can have a humongous house and live a fairly extravagant lifestyle, and you're doing just fine. I think that's plenty of money. Yeah, I mean, we also have no idea the accuracy of that of that net worth number. Where's of that course, right? Yeah. No, so yeah. he has he has somewhere between two and hundred million. I, I'm I'm pretty confident. You're saying he has more than two million and less than hundred million. Okay, he's doing fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I, I give that a uh, degree of certainty of ninety eight percent. You've seen enough. I've seen enough. Yeah, your your needle is pointing. Uh, it was like when NBC came out and, and uh, called, they said Republicans are going to have a 218 to 217 advantage. And it was like, wow, 218 to 217. Uh, small footnote. Plus or minus 17 in each direction. The um, Phenomenally helpful. Thank you. The, the uh, Long Island Railroad does this thing where they say and they put out a report about like their efficiency and their on time that you know rate and they say that they're 97 percent on time and then they there's like a footnote that goes to the bottom it's like we define as on time as being within 12 minutes of arrival of like scheduled time <laughs> it's like people that like work in the city like 12 minutes late is not on time for work like if, if you're 12 minutes the, late like if we change the definition of words we can use these words yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I, if, if you made it two minutes, I could see that being reasonable to say, okay, we're defining on time as within two minutes or three minutes, you know, some small amount of time. No, it depends on the form of transportation. For a flight, 12 minutes is fine. But yeah, right. I think I think it's, for a train, for like a 15 minute train ride. Yeah. Or 20 minutes. Yeah, one, two minutes. minutes. 25 yeah. minutes? Yeah. How many yeah. minutes? Um, no, it's like 40. It could be like 40 minutes. Oh, okay. But what's the shortest? But one? still. But yeah, that's, still, that's yeah, that's. What 20, is it? Yeah. 30, yeah. That's the quarter of your uh, total time or more even. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, and uh, Jim says the episode is four out of five pretties. Come with guy is Steve Gutenberg throwing a party for the gang and helping Roman and McLaughlin with the script. What a great guy. Fucking assholes, Rod, for misusing the AA sponsor leading to his drinking again. Shame, shame, shame. And finally, Only three Zach- shames? <clears throat> Only shame. five shame three, three, three shames out of five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty shame. Yeah. 
Poor Cersei, um, she got a lot more than five shames. <laughs> she got a lot more than yes, yeah. many shames. Many shame. Yeah. Um, all right, we finally end off with Zach Brooks, who says, "If only Steve Gutenberg was still famous. We, the, if only the Stonecutters were still able to make uh, Steve Gutenberg." Oh, yeah, nicely done, Zach. He could be a good man for a Ted Dancing Club discussion. There we go. Um, been there, done that. I don't think we need to uh, <laughs> do that one yet. <laughs> it's kind of surprising Christopher Mintz-Plas and Martin Starr haven't been in more together. Just super bad, and they never share the screen. I know Kyle hates Steve Gutenberg, but he's so damn likable. Ron is the come with guy for taking care of the party. Kyle is the fucking asshole for not liking Gutenberg. Because <laughs> the episode three and a half parties. Only three and a half. Wow. So the listeners lower overall than uh, we were. Yeah. Next week, we will have Not On Your Wife opening night. Sounds like some kind of a, a comedy uh, performance, a player of some sort. Off, off Broadway, perhaps. Very off since they're in perhaps. California. Very off. Yeah. Do you remember anything about Not On Your Wife opening night based on the title? No, uh, frankly, I don't think I remember anything about anything for the like the rest of the show. I think everything I remember. I, I remember, actually, I know what the last episode And is. the second to last episode I remember also. So maybe I will remember. Does, does the name remind you? No, nothing rings well. It's uh, episode nine is Cole Landry's draft day party. Uh, a vaguely now, yes. Okay, yeah. But yeah, I agree. I um, mean, well, also, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Party Down Company Picnic, I think I have vague memories of. But uh, 2 8 and oh, 2 right. 6, I have. I mean, 2 8, I don't even know what that could possibly be. 2 6, at least, you know, it seems like some, as I said, some kind of uh, the opening night of some kind of performance. And puns will be had. Yeah.